I like that we get to talk about these things and we hit it from a different angle, but because we love each other and because we have the same religious views, you know, church is the centerpiece of our lives. Worship is the centerpiece of our lives. Molly Hemingway speaking at the Issues Etc. Making the Case conference. So when we are just going back and forth on politics, it's really not that important relative to the things that do in, matter. And in all safe. seriousness, if you do not have someone in your life that you both completely trust and regularly engage in arguments with, you're doing it wrong. You can watch and listen to journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway's Q&A and all of the presentations from the 2023 Making the Case Conference for a contribution of $300 by Labor Day. We'll send you links to download a podcast or watch a video stream. Order today at issuesetc.org or by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Basically, you can't have a hate crime against a group that Yale Law School, Harvard Law School, and the New York Times and NPR don't think is an oppressed minority. And I think that now it is very important to encourage Christians in Finland and everywhere that now it is the time to be open, not to be silent, to be open about your faith. In those kinds of services, we have what are called praise teams. I've often wondered why there aren't lament teams. The Bible is not primarily what I would call an upward-looking book, but it's a forward-looking book. So it's, it's not a book that's so much concerned about the die-and-go-to-heaven piece, but it's more concerned. I mean, the thing it's fixated on is the resurrection and the renewal of all things. This is Pastor Michael and Lindsay Schmidt of Natoma, Kansas. And whenever we go on vacation, we always take along issues, etc to help pass the interstate mile. Issues Etc. Talk radio for the vacationing Lutheran family. More Darren Mangley, please. What if your employer contacted you and said that you were being fired because of something that you did on Sunday morning at your church? You say, that could never happen. Well, it has. A TV news director has been fired for her pro-life efforts at her church. Welcome back to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to hear that story from Melanie Standiford, former news director for KNOP-TV in North Platte, Nebraska. Then we'll discuss witnessing to Mormons with Pastor John Leach of Truth in Love Ministry. Melanie Standiford is former news director at KNOP-TV in North Platte, Nebraska, and a member of St. John Lutheran Church in Curtis, Nebraska. Melanie, welcome. Hi, Todd. Thank you. Are your pro-life beliefs at odds with your vocation as a journalist? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, depends on what perspective you're coming from. It's at odds with it as far as being able to do the job I was fired for from the perception of the media and the people that didn't want me in the media anymore. But from my personal perspective, it's not at odds because I can be pro-life and still do a job and do a job well. How had you covered the abortion issue as a journalist? So as a journalist, I had been with KNOP TV since 2017, and I had the opportunity to tell various stories from the Women's Resource Center, from some of the Sanctuary City efforts that were going on through Nebraska and Hay Center and Blue Hill and other areas. And I had over 20 stories in the course of that time 
that I had covered about the abortion issue, all of those stories were still online up to being fired. And even a couple of weeks after I was fired, they were still, you could Google my name or Google the topic on any of the gray media affiliates because we were an NBC affiliate in our plat, but any we're owned by stations, WWT in Omaha, and then we have one in Hastings and Lincoln, the 1011 in Lincoln, and then Scott's Bluff as well. So a lot of those stories that I wrote would show up even if you went on their page. And there's over 200 stations that Gray owns around the country, and I don't know if where they showed up there, but if you Googled my name on these Nebraska stations, then those stories that I wrote would come up on there, and they were never an issue. About two weeks after I was fired, I posed the question on my own social media asking, please look at the stories I wrote. Tell me, are they biased in any way? Did I do this improperly? And I know somebody was following my page from my previous employer or somebody because it was hours after I said that on my social media that they took all 20 plus stories that I had written that even came close to the topic. They took them all down. Now, all the other stories I wrote, you can go on those pages, you can type my name in and bring up all the other stories, but anything that was specifically even closely related to the abortion issue, they took every single one of those down after I posed the question, were these biased? And you covered both sides on these abortion-related stories. Yeah, and that's the point. They were online for clear up through my time working there, even up to two weeks after I was fired. There was no issue. Nobody was calling and saying, this reporter is writing this biased, or None of my coworkers or my direct supervisors or anybody like that, they were there for everybody to see for some of them for three years at least. And it wasn't until I said, tell me which of these are biased, that they all disappeared. Had you participated in pro-life activities before? Oh, yes. I've been pro-life in my personal life my whole life. That's something that's near and dear to me. And I had marched in Washington, D.C. I'd marched in Chicago and just practiced in my own church as far as what we believe. So it's nothing new for me, personally. Had your employer expressed any concern over your pro-life position before? No. The only thing that I can even come close to saying is it was known that I was pro-life, like with people that knew me, but I had never been reprimanded for it anyway. And I knew that you don't go on and say, hey, you must be pro-life or anything like that in any kind of journalistic efforts. They knew how I believed personally, but it had never been something that I reported on personally. And so, no, I had never been reprimanded for it. What was the petition that you circulated at your local church? So that's the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. They had put a sanctuary city in Hay Center, Nebraska, and Blue Hill, and several of the small communities surrounding small town Nebraska, particularly on the west side, and then also like in Bellevue and whatnot. Markley Dixon from Texas was helping people set up sanctuary cities for unborn, and they would go to each city hall or the group of people, whatever the governing body would be, and they would just present it to them, and they could adopt it or they could put it before a vote. Well, in Curtis, Nebraska, which is the Easter city of Nebraska, when they brought it to our leaders in Curtis, it was a board of men who felt more comfortable saying we would rather have the people vote on this. And so the petition was just to put it on the ballot. The petition was to say, hey, we want the people to make their vote. And so in my church at St. John's there in Curtis, 
that petition was given to the members that would vote within the city limits of Curtis, Nebraska, to sign or not to sign. That was the petition. Tell us how you were fired for circulating that pro-life petition. Well, my pastor had just moved here from Kansas, so he wasn't registered to vote or anything. So he couldn't be a part of that, even though he was for it. He couldn't have it notarized or anything like that until he got registered to vote. It was brought to our church by an elder, and it was on the table there. And then the people that signed it, anyone who saw that sign is the one that would have to have it notarized. So I was asked to please have that notarized since I was sitting there and saw those signed. And I didn't really think that much about it. And I took it down to the bank and had it notarized and handed it back over to the people that were circulating the petition. So that was mostly my involvement with it. I did have a couple friends that went to church or people that I knew closely. You have to remember, Curtis is a town of less than a thousand people, 45 minutes away from where I worked, that they don't even get a TV signal there. So they don't get the station I work for. They don't think of me as a journalist. They think of me as the girl that grew up there. I'm, I'm 50 years old. And so they all know me. And so the people that know me, some of them signed it. But if I saw that signature go on that petition, then I was required then to be the one that would have it notarized. So I said, yeah, I can have it notarized. Didn't think anything about it being affected by the outside world. And so I was adamantly wanting this on the petition, of course, from my own personal perspective, but I was never reporting on that. Like, come sign this petition or using any type of authority or known personality, news person status to get this petition signed. There was a complete separation between the two. How do you respond to someone who says, as a journalist, you should not have engaged in any pro-life activities? What's your response? Well, first I want to separate it out and say that I don't think that pro-life is political. I think it is a life-or-death issue. I am very passionate about it, and my situation is different because I didn't like go out actively saying I'm a journalist that I'm going to be actively pro-life and put it in everybody's face and tell them what to do, but... I will never deny my Christ, and to deny that every life from even that moment of conception is not a life is the same in my heart as denying Christ. If someone said, choose being a journalist or choose being pro-life, I would have had to have chosen pro-life. I have journalists who have said, well, you should have known better. Known better than what? I was in my private church doing what I know Christ expects me to do as a Christian. And so I don't know how I could have done it any differently than I did. What have you learned from this situation? I've learned that it's a tough world, and I know that we live in a sinful world. I know that. But I've learned that we have a long ways to go to stand up for what's right in this country and in this world. Every life does matter. I never preach to people. That's not my place. But I definitely always stand for what I believe. If a colleague were circulating a petition about, say, lowering carbon emissions in North Platte, Nebraska, do you think that he or she would be fired? Oh, absolutely not. No, I don't think it would have been brought to anyone's attention. It was the fact that I was in the privacy of my church, and I was speaking to people who wanted to be heard on this topic, and someone who used to go to church with me, who is no longer a Missouri citizen Lutheran, has family that goes there, and I don't know exactly how the whole thing pertained and how it ended up, because I have never 
had that conversation, but I do know that the person that was also in the article that was told about me was the one that spoke out against me more than once. Is very pro-choice. An article came out from an Omaha newspaper, and that article came out at 10 o'clock in the morning across, like, the wire. Like, it went out to all of the outlets in Nebraska, and it came across the desk of my boss in Lincoln, Nebraska, and by 6 o'clock that afternoon, I did not have a job. I was told that I was practicing partisan politics, and I, I know that other people do other things that aren't related to the pro-life issue. I know that gray media itself has a giant 50-foot-long float in a parade in Atlanta, Georgia, that is a pride parade float. And so that might go, well, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but we know how Lutherans stand on those things that might necessarily agree one religion with the other, but that is fine. Or, you know, other things we are encouraged to do, like, you know, when there's Pride Days or something, we're encouraged to put those banners on the bottom of our email account, things like that that we clearly don't agree with. Yeah, absolutely. There's other petitions and other things that go on that are considered fine. Are uh, you pursuing any legal actions against your former employer? So I just finally got an interview with the EEOC out of Nebraska, and they did take my case. But at first, when I was talking to the woman doing the interview, she goes, I'm sorry, I don't think I can help you. And I asked her, I said, can I give you an example. And she goes, yeah, sure. I said, so you work for the government. You probably can't tell people when you're on the phone doing interviews what you believe, correct? And she said, correct. I said, so let's just pretend for a minute. Today's Friday. Let's pretend on Sunday that you are a Christian and you go to a church and you go to your church and you sit down and you're sitting in your pew and you're ready to worship and you look down the pew. You just had communion or said a prayer, but you look down the pew and you realize that two people down as one of your co-workers who now sees you. Or let's even skip it another step further and let's just say for a moment that it's one of your clients that you just did an interview with and now they've seen you in church, they've seen you take communion, they now know what you believe and then you go to work on Monday morning and your boss comes in and says, I'm sorry, this is what you believe, you're fired. And she goes, well, that would never happen. I said, ma'am, that's exactly what happened to me. And she goes, well, let's look at this closer. And then after we had that conversation and I painted that picture for her, she said, you do have a case. And so basically it's with EEOC. It will go now to my old employer that fired me, and then it'll come back to me for rebuttal. And then once all that's done and they've done whatever it is that they do, and I don't know. I've never done this before, so I don't know how that works. But she said then I would get a a letter. It would be a right-to-sue letter. And then that right-to-sue letter would be the next step after that. Now, Lady Standiford is a former news director for KNOP-TV in North Platte, Nebraska, and a member of St. John's Lutheran Church in Curtis, Nebraska. Melanie, Godspeed to you, and thank you very much. Thank you. We will be discussing Witnessing to Mormons with Pastor John Leach, president of Truth and Love Ministry based in Nampa, Idaho, next. Register today. The 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference is October 11th through the 13th at the Holiday Inn Cincinnati Airport in Erlanger, Kentucky. The conference includes visits to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. 
Online registration is open now with early bird pricing at lutheransforlife.org conference. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. lutheransforlife.org. How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or find out more about The Baptismal River at issuesetc.org. The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. Providing artillery support for the church militant on the front lines, you're listening to Issues Etc. Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR23 to save on your order. Simplyclassical.com. The days are shortening and it's soon back to school. Ad Crucem has beautiful posters and art to adorn your home school or classroom, and we print them right here in our Colorado workshop. Come and see our various prints by Cronach, Holbein, Bonat, Tintoretto, and Caravaggio. Stock up on our daily prayer posters, creed posters, and other beautiful Christ-focused artworks. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com.